Welcome to Prior to the Snap, the Profiles of Football Pros, a podcast where we will highlight careers, stories, and behind-the-scene insights of special individuals in professional football. Now, your host of Prior to the Snap, Mallory Green. All right, so welcome to episode five. Um, last week was really fun. We got to talk to Chantel, um, who did the documentary about female officials. And I kind of dropped a couple hints about who is going to be on this episode. So I'm so excited to have Dean Blandino with us today. I feel like he doesn't even really need an introduction, you know, a guy of many hats. So how's it going, Dean? It's going really well. I'm, uh, Thanks for thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. You know, I just learned today actually when I was doing a little bit of prepping some questions and stuff that you have your own podcast. I do. Yeah, I have my own podcast. It's called Good Calls, and um, you can listen to it on iHeart and Apple Podcasts. And we talk we talk a lot about officiating and football and sports, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Which you know, I'm new I'm new to the podcast world and. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure your experience has been kind of similar. It's a lot of fun talking to different people, and and uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's just a new experience for me. Yeah, it's really fun. So, what made you want to start doing that? I feel like you're doing 40 things. I'm sure you feel like you're doing yeah. 40 things. <laughs> I, you know, that was that was one of the the things that that excited me about you know leaving the NFL and and now I work with Fox Sports and, and just having the ability to branch out and do some different things and and get into different areas that I hadn't, that I hadn't been exposed to before. And, uh, and it was just, again, it was something, an opportunity came up and had some conversations and I thought, Oh, that sounds pretty cool. Um, let's try it out. And it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I think, um, it's really funny when it came time to listen to your podcast a little bit this morning, just to see what it was about. I was for sure thinking, oh, this is going to be about football, football rules. But it was fun that you branched out to other different things. Do you get sick of talking about football? Is it kind of yeah. like <laughs> overdone I, a little never, bit in your life? Yeah. I, I never, I never truly get sick about it because I'm passionate about it. But it is one of the one of the things we wanted to do was not just obviously that's my area of expertise, and and so that's kind of where the show is grounded, but. I definitely wanted to branch out and have a little fun. And, and we talk about, you know, cause there's rules to, to everything, not just in sports and there's, there's things that happen in life. And so what are the rules around some of those things and, and just have a little fun uh, with it. So yeah, it's definitely not just football and, and uh, so just trying to reach a wider audience. Yeah, that's true. I liked that you were touching on other things besides football, but kind of brought it back to rules and I'm sure that's something that everyone wants to talk to you about sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so last week we talked to Chantel about the documentary, um, that she's making and we talked mm-hmm. a little bit about you and being the executive producer of that. Has it been a fun project for you? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Chantel, you know, I met Chantel through Anise Kennedy, who's one of the, one of the women in the film and she connected me with Chantel and, and Chantel told me what she was doing and she was working with these female officials and, and documenting their lives and, and what they were doing in their careers. And I just, I thought it was such a cool project and it's something that has been close, um, 
hits close to home for me because, you know, I got involved in officiating pretty much from the outside. I, I was, I wasn't an official on the field and, and I was an intern in the office and, and I was, I was accepted into that family and that community and, and seeing these, you know, women that are, that are officials, football officials, and some of the, some of the, the, the things that they go through and, and, and just, it was such a, such a cool story. And, and it, it really meant a lot that Chantel, you know, asked me to be a part of it. And it's been, it's just been a great experience. Yeah. I, I didn't know, honestly, until she brought it up that you were a part of it, but it seems like a really cool thing to branch out a little bit when it comes to a a lot of people probably don't understand females in officiating. And I thought it was really, that, yeah. I thought it was really interesting. And she said too, that you guys have talked about it, that that was filmed a couple of years ago, but people probably think it's filmed today. And you brought up the point that not much has changed. You know, people still kind of feel the same way about female officials as they did four years ago. No, no question. And one of the things, you know, when we, when we screen the film at different film festivals and we would get these questions from people, they, a lot of people didn't even know that women officiated football. And, and so, because obviously it's been, it's been a, a male dominated sport. And, and so they, people were like, well, are these, are these officials, are they in college? Are they in the NFL? They just had a lot of questions. And that was part of the goal was just to open up people's eyes and, and, and let them into this, this kind of story and what what these what these people go through because being a being as you know being a football official is not easy and and then imagine now being someone uh, a, a female football official that you have in addition to all the issues that regular officials men officials deal with now you've got things like you know just having facilities to change and uniforms right. and different and all these other things that we don't think about and then that was it was eye opening for a lot of people. Yeah. And she brought up too, you know, it's obvious that she's a woman going out on the field and just that immediate stereotype that people will think like, oh, we've got the female official, you know, not always take him as no, serious as what the men. No think. question. No question. And they say it's, you know, well, how, how, what does she know about the game? She never played the game. Well, there's a lot of people that in professional football that never played the game that are very successful and uh, they have a great understanding of the game. And, and, and so it was, again, the, and, and to Chantel's point, we still, the, the documentary was shot four years ago, but we still have the same issues and, and we're still trying to, to overcome the same hurdles and, and getting more women involved and, and uh, giving them opportunities to continue their careers. Yeah. Well, I think it's a great thing. I'm really excited. She, she, gave me the link to watch it. So I was able to watch it, but I'm excited to see what comes of the future. She talked a little bit yeah. about some future projects. So, but speaking of not having any experience on the field, I think you can relate a little bit to that. Yeah, absolutely. So you, yeah, that- you grew up in New York. Um, mm-hmm. So you're only on the field experience from my understanding is when you played in high school. Correct. Yeah, I played football. Yeah, I played football my entire, you know, my entire life. Played in high school and, and I didn't, you know, wasn't good enough to, to continue in, into college, but, but loved the game and, and loved all sports. You know, I played baseball and basketball and everything. And I just wanted to, I wanted to be involved in sports and had a, a communication de- degree and did some TV production. And I wasn't sure kind of where I wanted to go with that, but I just sent my resume to the NFL and to major league baseball and, 
the NFL called and they had a couple of internships open and I interviewed one of them was in officiating and they offered me the position. I didn't know anything about officiating, but I said, Hey, it's the NFL. I just want to get my foot in the door. And then I, I just started to learn and then I became passionate, passionate about it and spent, you know, spent over 20 years and in, in officiating and at the NFL. And it was such an amazing experience and um, really just, you know, became a passion of mine. Yeah. I think getting your foot in the door is such an amazing thing. When I've spoke with you in person and with my dad about you, that's, he said, you're always like the poster child of just starting at the bottom and working your way up and that you can do incredible things. You don't have to start out, you know, at the top of your, your game, you can really get to incredible things by putting in the work and starting as an intern and moving your way up through a company. Oh, absolutely. Cause I, I knew, I knew nothing about officiating. I, I, I really, and I learned at the time I was putting together training tapes for the officials and we had officiating supervisors that would pick the plays, whether it was offensive holding or pass interference. And then I would, I would cut the tape. And at that time it wasn't, it wasn't digital. So you actually had to, you know, play the tape on one, on one deck and record it on the other. So I had to watch the video while it was, while it was recording. And that's how I learned what pass interference was and what offensive holding was. Cause I watched hours and hours of, that's of, so of interesting. Film. Yeah. And like today, if I'd started today, everything's digital. You don't even have to watch it. You know, you can just press a button and do it, do it all on the computer. And so I, I wouldn't have had that same experience. And so again, I was just in the right place at the right time. And I was blessed with a lot of opportunity and really good people that, that took an interest in, in, in my career and, and helping me along the way. Yeah. So, um, when it came to the internship, did you really, that's where your passion sparked? Did you, from that time on, were you like, I want to be in football or were you still kind of just like, well, this is a unique opportunity. It might be something good on a resume, you know, but I could see myself being somewhere else. Or was that the time when you're like, no, I want to stay with the NFL. Football's my thing. Well, I, I always knew, I always knew I wanted to be a part of the NFL, but I wasn't sure, you know, I did, I, I did enjoy the officiating part of it, but there, there was, there was kind of like this, I always look back and it was, it was this kind of fork in the road. And I said, okay, I, I've never been on the field. So my, my opportunities are going to be limited at that time. So I said, okay, how can I, how can I differentiate myself? And I really started to study the rules and I said, okay, I can, I can become a rules expert and, and, and that, that will definitely help me. But I was still thinking about, okay, do I want to explore some other things? I was always, I was always interested in, in potentially teaching and, and, and working with younger people. Um, and then re Insta Replay came back and this was 1999. And because I had that technical background and I had, had become um, pretty good at the rules, they, they got me, Jerry Seaman, who was, who was the director of officiating at the time, kind of put me in a position to work um, with bringing the system back. And then it really, that's where it really took off. And I became, you know, I was really passionate about the replay system and, and, you know, utilizing technology to help the officials on the field. And that's where I really found my lane. And, uh, and it kind of just went from there. Yeah. So what do you feel like is the future of replay? I, I've heard you speak so many times to people that ask you questions. Like, do you think replay is going to take away from what happens on the field, like the integrity on the field? Are we going to get so advanced with replay? 
that it's going to take away what the actual officials down on the field are doing. And I know you've spoke a little bit about there's a, there is a fine balance that people probably don't see. Yeah, I think it's so important. Look, the technology is, is continues to improve. And there's no question that, that the advancements in technology have, have pushed um, these replay systems and, and have, have pushed leagues to implement new systems because look, it's there. It can be, it can be an aid, um, but it never, it really can never take away from the, the human element and the official on the field. That's where it starts. And I think we just have to continue to maintain that balance of the officials on the field are going, are going to administer the game and they're going to call the game as they see it live. And then on, on big ticket, you know, significant plays, replay can come in and help because the game is so fast that when you look at the NFL game and watch a game on the field, and I, it's amazing to me how the officials are, are, you know, they get 90 something percent of the calls, right? Even at, you know, division one football and at all levels, they're, they're really good, but they, they're not perfect. Yeah. And because the game is so fast, we can use technology to, to help. I just, I just worry that, you know, the expectations continue to grow and, and yes. we're, we're never going to be perfect. Yeah. Whether it's replay on the field, we're never going to be perfect. There's still that human element. And uh, I just, uh, you know, I always make sure that people understand that we can't, we have to officiate the game on the field and use replay as an aid. It, it can't replace the officials on the field. Yeah. Well, and I feel like because of our advances in technology, so many spectators expect perfection now mm-hmm. you know like god forbid <laughs> you guys miss a call and then it's like well there's all these cameras how was that missed you know i hear it all the time but all like you the said time. there's that human element where even even in replay and i you probably don't know this but i work in the big 12 in their command center um with mm-hmm. the, with the replay officials so i'm just a tech there but i've seen it and i see even with the 10 different camera angles and slowing it down and focusing and this and that, you know, at the end of the day, it's still like, well, that could be a football move. It could be a foul. You know, it's Uh, hard to really decide 100% sure what it was. And that's the thing. And I joke with people sometimes they say, well, what, you know, what technology is out there? What I said, look, if if you can come up with a technology that's going to give give me the right call every time, then that I'll, I'll, yeah. then we can implement that technology across the board. It doesn't exist. Yeah. When you and can like just you play said, a play in this technology, yeah. and it tells you hundred percent sure what it was. <laughs> exactly. But like you said, you, you, you work in the big 12 command center. I've, I've been in a replay booth thousands of times and it still comes down to that person making, making a, a decision and a judgment and, uh, and no one's perfect. It's never going to be perfect, but we expect that from, it's the only group on the field, you know, the coaches impact the game, the players impact the game, the officials impact the game, but the officials are the only group that the standard is perfection. And, and, and it's, it's really, it's, it's just an unfair expectation, but that's part of it. And, and I think everyone that gets involved in officiating understands that. Yeah. Absolutely. So you live in LA currently, but you're from New York. Do you want to return to New York someday? Do you feel comfortable in LA? Yeah, I, I do. I do. I really have come to love LA and it's such a, you know, when you talk about the weather and the beaches and everything else, it is a beautiful place. And, but New York has, New York's always going to be home and it will always, it will always hold a special place for me. I love, 
I love going back. My family, uh, my mom, my brother and sister, they all still live in New York. So I try to get back there as much as I can and visit. And, and it's, it's always going to be special for me. And, and I think, I think ideally I'd love to, I'd love to spend time in both places and, and, uh, cause they're both, you know, both great places to live. Yeah. But you're happy being an LA transplant, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. So it's funny to watch you um, on TV on Saturday and then again on Sunday. Um, so tell us a little bit like behind the scenes. Do you I know at the command center, we have a bunch of different TVs showing different games at different times. Is that kind of how it's set up there? Do you just wait until they need your opinion on a game? Or are you watching all these games live while it's happening? Yeah, it's 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 very similar to what you know what you you experience at the Big Twelve. It's 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 a command center like setup, and you have there's monitors on 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 a on a wall, and you can watch the multiple games going on. We also have a a station with a touchscreen, and I can access the different games and then run the video back and forth and look at the plays. And I think what's really great what we have at at, at Fox Sports is. I've got, it's called a producer's line and I can, I can pick up a headset and my producer can hit a button and I can talk to the producer at any one of our games. So oh, if, wow. if we have a game at, yeah, if we have a game in Seattle, I can talk to the producer in the truck in Seattle and then I can hit another line and talk to the producer in Washington. And that is really what we do. That's the real value because we're talking to the producer throughout the game and then they can relay our information to the on-air talent and, and it's seamless. So we can, we can identify a call. Hey, this is going to be holding on 72. And then the producer can tell the on-air talent and they can say, okay, we're looking at the left tackle here, 72. Here's, you know, he, he grabbed the defensive end, restricted him, that type of thing. So, that's so, so that's really, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And then, and then if there is something significant where they want me to go on the air, then the producer will say, okay, Dean, um, we're going to go to you. So I literally, I, I just sit, I turn my, my, I turn around to, there's a camera set up. I sit down, I look at the camera and they open me up to that, to that, uh, that broadcast booth. And I just start to talk with the on-air talent and explain whatever it is that needs to be explained. And, and we go from there. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun and it's challenging, which was important to me coming from the NFL and, and having worked, you know, having 15 games going on at once and, and, and managing all that, it's quick. You don't have a lot of time. You have to be ready. You have to be succinct because in TV, you don't have two, three minutes to look at something and explain it. You've got to do it in maybe 10, 15 seconds. And, uh, and that's been, that's been challenging and, uh, and exciting. Yeah. That's so interesting. So if a, a on-air talent at a game, says, oh, you know, we see the flags down and they say, oh, yeah, that looks like it could be holding on so-and-so. Sometimes that's not coming from them. Is that coming from you? A lot of times it's coming from me oh, or, wow. or, I didn't or Mike Pereira. Yeah, so we we can, because the, the and they're great, whether it's the, the play-by-play or the, the analyst, um, they're not officiating experts and they're not expected to be officiating right. experts. So we've looked at the game a different way and we can identify things um, quicker than they could, and we can help them with things. And why? And and they are so great at Fox in terms of they they listen and they will take our direction um, because they understand that that you know we are the experts in this area. And um, a lot of times, I'll say something 
to the producer. And then a couple of seconds later, you'll hear almost verbatim, uh, you know, on air. And then that that's, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. That must be so fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> to watch it all happen. So how many games do you normally have going on at a time that you're in charge of? Probably. So anywhere from, uh, you know, the early window on Sundays, the NFL games are probably, you know, you have up to four in the early window and then two in the late window. College Saturday is, is it goes, it's a longer day because the games start, you know, on the West coast, you have a game that starts at 9am and then you could have a, you could have a late game that starts maybe at seven thirty or eight o'clock. So it's a longer day. The games are more spread out. And, uh, but yeah, typically three or four games at once. Sometimes it's a, it's one game at a time, which is nice because then you can just focus on that one game and, and be engaged and not have to, and not have to manage, you know, multiple games, but it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Was there like a learning curve, um, in the beginning when you were doing college and NFL, because I know their rules are different. So was there any type of a little confusion or learning curve in the beginning to remember and decipher what's different between the rules of what's on Saturday and what's on Sunday? Yeah, absolutely. For me, you know, my, my initial exposure to officiating was NFL. So, so my, my foundation is NFL rules. So that's always my default. So I had to, I had to learn the college rules and and I've been, you know, studying the college rules for, for many years because I've worked with college conferences on the replay side. And, but it's just getting, you know, keeping the rules straight, you know, knowing sometimes I have to say, okay, today's Saturday. All right. That, this is the rule versus Sunday. And because there are, you know, it's gotten closer, but there still are major differences uh, between the rules. And, and, uh, and so I always have to, you know, I spend a lot of time just continuing to study the college rules and take, take rules exams. And, and uh, it's, it's an ongoing process, but you definitely, you definitely have to work to keep the two, the two rule books um, straight. Right. And when I, started working at the command center. I honestly didn't know before that what you're saying on TV is kind of just an opinion. It's not, you're not actually in contact with the officials on that field. That's what they're doing with their boss and at their own command centers. You're kind of just speaking from a rule book standard. This is what you would expect to be the call, but not always what it is. Exactly. And, and some, some people don't, some people on social media don't understand the difference. <laughs> so <laughs> <But> they're mad at you. <laughs> yeah, they're mad at me. But you know, what, well, the way I always look at it is, is I try to explain what they're looking for. He, okay. Here's, here's what they're looking for. They're looking to see if the receiver got his right foot down and bounds. And then, you know, did he maintain control when he went to the ground? And, and so I want to, I want to help the viewer, kind of understand what is going to go into this decision and then obviously give my opinion you know if it, you know if it were me here I think you know it's clear the foot is in bounds and I do think this is a catch or, or whatever it may be and but I always try to you know help the viewer understand what what the replay official or what the official on the field is looking for right and I've seen firsthand when a a play is under review and a replay official is doing it. Like again, like I said, I'm just a tech, so I'm just working with the video. I'm not making any calls or anything, but I've seen them listen to you and be like, what's Blandino (laughs) saying? (laughs) So they do take what you're saying with a grain of salt. I have seen that. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's yeah, that's interesting. I don't know if the the, the people at the NCA would be thrilled, but <laughs> but it is you know, and that's and that's all part of it. And and but it goes back to um, the pressure that, is, especially on the college side, the replay official is responsible for stopping the game throughout oh, yeah. the game. There's so much pressure on these officials, and and like we talked about earlier, the official on the field, people will live with. They may not like it, but they'll live with a mistake here and there because they only get one look at it and it's in real time and that's it. They they are less forgiving with replay officials because you're supposed to be perfect. You have all these angles and slow motion and the pressure to be right is so intense and, and, and it, it's it's a it's a it's a big burden that, that we ask of, of our replay officials at both levels, but especially oh, yeah. at the college level. Oh yeah. And my dad talked about that on the first episode that I did about the amount of pressure that these people feel. And I've seen it firsthand. I mean, they really care, you know, they really want to have the right call. They really like that is number one importance to them. They they're looking at all different angles and slowing it down and focusing it. And they, they genuinely care about getting, getting it right. But like you said, sometimes it's just that human element comes in and you have to make your best judgment on what you think is right in that moment. Yeah. And, and no one, a, a, a missed call, no one is more upset about a missed call than the officials themselves. Right. It, it, they, they are every football official and any, even any sports official that I've ever met is, is so passionate and they love it. And, but they, they put more pressure on themselves and hold themselves accountable more than any supervisor or, or media fan, whoever it is, coach, could because they are again they 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 take it harder when when a call doesn't it doesn't go the right way they really do oh yeah they definitely do so I do want to talk a little bit about the XFL I'm really excited to hear about it I don't yeah. know so much about it but before we do that I want to rewind and ask you one question how many people in your professional life not your personal life know that you used to be a stand-up comic <laughs> how many people knew um, that that was a part of yeah, your story yeah. Some people, some, some people that I worked more closely with, and a lot of people that I worked with at the NFL knew because I was doing that uh, kind of on the side. And um, but it does come up from time to time. People people will ask, "Hey, I heard you were used to do stand up, and is that true?" And I say, "Yeah, that was something um, that I did." And I, I still, you know, I just got into it. A friend was doing it, and she said, "You know what? You should try it. I think you'd be great." And, and I said, ah, you know, I, it was, I was kind of intimidated. It, it seemed like getting up in front of a group of strangers yeah. and finally, finally just said, okay, I'm going to do it. And, um, got up, you know, I got the first time I need a little liquid courage and then, <laughs> <Of course. laughs> and then I, I got up and I, and I just loved it. And it was, um, it was the hardest thing that I've ever done, but it helped me so much in what I've done since, because getting up in front of a group of coaches or owners or officials, it's, it's easy now because like when you're standing there with a microphone in front of a group of strangers and trying to make them laugh and, and you don't, not every, like not like, like not every call is going to be right on the field. Not every joke is going to, is going <laughs> to, is going right. to kill it. So, so you, you have to, you have to think quick on your feet and, and there's, there's different crowds and different energy and and it was it's such a it was such a great experience for me and I never I knew it wasn't I, I it was never a career goal of mine to be a stand up comic. I just 
I just love doing it and, and I kind of did it on the side, but it's, it's really helped me in terms of, you know, presenting and talking to people and, and using, you know, as, as you know, through your experience with your dad and what you do with the big 12, you know, you need a sense of humor when you're involved in officiating. Oh, if yeah. you don't, you're, you're going to, it's going to be a short lived career. Oh yeah. And it's, it's funny, like you said, I think I would rather any day be in front of a camera and saying things than standing in front of all these people who not only want you to make them laugh, but paid money to sit there and they're like basically oh, yeah. staring oh, yeah. at you like, okay, challenge, make me laugh, go. You know, I couldn't imagine I'd be sweating bullets. They sit there and they're like, okay, Mr. Stand Up, let's, what do you got? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you have to, and you really have to just, okay, I'm going to. I'm give you the best that I have. And, and there's so much that goes into it. It's like, okay, if you, you know, was the, was the state, was the comedian before you really good or really bad? Cause that can be, it can be, it can be good. It can be, you know, all these different things that, that go into it. And, uh, but it's, uh, it, it, so it was a lot of fun. Did it you ever, pl- did you have like planned out jokes or were you the type that'd stand up and be like, let's just see where this goes. It, it was a combination. Like I had a, a I would always have a structure like the things I wanted to talk about, but I didn't have it written out word for word, but I knew, I knew I, the, these are the five things I was going to talk about. But then you, you, you have to like, at least in my experience, you have to, you have to play off the crowd as well. And if something is really working with that particular crowd, then you can expand on it and just, and just keep going. Um, and then if something, you know, something happens, you can talk to somebody in the, in the crowd and, and, have a little fun with that. But I, you know, I, I would have a, I would have kind of a, a basic summary of what I wanted to talk about and then, and then just see kind of where it went and see yeah. how the crowd reacted to different things. How many life, man, sounds like there was a lot of life lessons learned in being a stand up comic. You oh. learn how to gauge people, oh. speak in public. You learn all kinds of life lessons well, there, you, apparently. You really do. And, and that's one thing I've learned with, you know, dealing with dealing with coaches and as it pertains to officiating those, a lot of those conversations, especially in season are not pleasant conversations. So any, any way you can, you can lighten the mood a little bit and, and also build those relationships because that that's what it's about. And if you have, if you establish good relationships, then people are going to be more willing to listen to your perspective. And, and that's, that was always yeah. the way I approached it. It's so funny to hear, professionals in the same realm. Uh, my first episode was with my dad. And then the second one was with Tom quick, who's an umpire in the sec. And then with mm. you, you all kind of say the same thing, but you don't know that you're saying the same thing, like <laughs> build relationships, be professional. You know, it's, it's so funny to hear it coming from different sides, but saying the same thing, you guys are all really a, a front. So, well, yeah, it's universal. Yeah. So tell me about the XFL. I honestly don't know much about it. I'm excited, but I know that yeah. you play a huge role in it. So are you excited for it to start? Are you nervous? I am. I, I'm very excited. Uh, the season will kick off February 8th, so a week from Saturday after the Super Bowl. And it's eight teams. This is We've got Seattle and L.A. and Dallas and Houston and St. Louis and New York and D.C. and Tampa. And it's going to be it's it's going to be a lot of fun the rules are for the most part nfl rules there's some there's some college rule like one foot inbounds for a catch and then so it's some, kind of a mix of rules. both rules yeah a, little, a mix of both mostly nfl and then there's some unique some rules that are unique to the xfl and and uh the kickoff's going to look a little bit different overtime is 
I'm excited to see if we get an overtime game because it's it's basically it's alternating um, snaps from the five yard line for each team. So five tries from the five yard line, oh, wow. almost like a almost like a soccer penalty kick type thing, and yeah, they alternate. Cool. And whoever gets the most points at the end of five, and then if they're still tied, they'll keep going just sudden death and alternate until they have a winner. Um, there's a three point try, so you can get you can get one point. There's no there's no extra point kick, so you can go for one from the two yard line. You can go for two from the five, and you can go for three from the ten yard line. So um, you know, help promotes comebacks and and uh, you know allows teams that are behind to to catch up. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. It should be a lot of fun. So how did you get your role there? Was it something that someone approached you about or were you like, man, this is a great idea. Yeah. Well, Oliver Luck, who's the commissioner of the XFL, I, I worked with Oliver in the past and Oliver goes back to NFL Europe. Um, and, uh, I'd worked, you know, done some things with him on the college side and he reached out, he reached out last spring and, and asked if I would, I'd be interested in, and helping out on the officiating, and I and I said absolutely. I, I love football. Uh, I love being a part of something new and helping build, uh, you know, a rule book and, and try to reimagine some of these things. And and that's you know, Oliver reached out. I got involved, and it's been it's been a fun experience. Yeah. So, are the officials just for the XFL? Or are they people? Is it kind of like a mix of college and NFL officials that you guys used? Or are these officials that are just doing XFL? They're all, so they're all division one college football officials okay. and they, they work in different conferences. It's a lot of, it's a lot of officials that are on the NFL has a development program that they, they, they bring officials into and, and give them some NFL experience and they pull from that group when they have openings in the NFL. So a lot of the XFL officials are in that program and again, it's there that we've got big 12 officials and SEC officials and ACC and conference USA. And, uh, it's a, it's a really great mix of officials. Uh, and, uh, I'm excited because it's going to give them an opportunity for more, for more reps and more experience. They'll get the NFL will have an ability to look at them and see them in action. And, and it, and it, it will definitely, you know, help them help many of them get to the NFL one day, which is, which is great. Right. Is it kind of the same for players too? Are these players kind of doing yeah. the same thing? Yeah, a lot of the players. So really the way to look at it is these are these are probably the best. There's about 500 or so players that aren't on NFL rosters right now. And, and, and so a lot of these players have played in the NFL. They've been on NFL rosters, but for one re- reason or another, they just haven't been able to stick on a roster. Um, a lot of these a lot of these players were, you know, they all played college football. Um, and, and I would imagine a lot of these players, once the XFL season ends, will, will sign contracts with NFL teams, um, you know, as, as training camps start because the, the NFL rosters are at 90 at that point. So they need more players at that time. And hopefully this experience will, will allow them to, uh, you know, stick on an NFL roster. So I think, I think that, that in some cases, that'll be, uh, that'll be what we see. Yeah. I'm excited to see what kind of stories come out of it. Like people that kind of started it to, you know, get forward yeah. in their career if they wanted, if that's what they want to do. Yeah. And that's, what's been nice to see with some of these players and, and these officials is they're, they're just, they're there. They're, they're not, uh, they're obviously not making NFL money. So, so they're really just, they, they just love the game and they want another opportunity and they're so 
the players I've talked to, they're just so grateful for the opportunity. It's just, it's just really, it's nice and refreshing to see. Yeah. That's amazing. So when it comes to replay back in the day, I feel like replay was always an option for an official if they're getting ready to retire, but they don't want to walk away yet. But nowadays you were kind of like the per- the trailblazer that you can go straight into replay, right? Like you don't really have to go from field to yeah. replay. You can just do replay if that's something where your passions are at or not. Isn't no, right? no, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that's right. We, what we are doing and obviously, you know, I, I have a unique experience and I was exposed to a lot of different things and, and good people, but yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a great example of you don't have to be an on-field official to, to be a replay official. And, and that's what we're doing. And what's been great is, you know, people like your dad and, and Bill Carollo, who's the coordinator of officials for the Big Ten, and Steve Shaw, who's now the national director, you know, coordinator of officials for the NCA. They're, they're buying in and they understand that, look, the, the model that we've used in the past of having an official who works, you know, X amount of years on the field and then and then is automatically when they retire goes into replay that that's not necessarily the best model. And we have to look outside the box and yes, having on-field experience is a positive, but it's not a prerequisite yeah, and it's not you have people Yeah, it's not. And then I think you so we've looked outside the box and we're looking at people, you know, someone that's a technician in the command center like you are or at a stadium, those types of things that work for a school, you know, that are exposed to replay that have a technology background. And we can, we can teach those people the replay rules and things like that and give them an exposure. And, and so we're really looking at, and then we're looking at, you know, lower level officials who are earlier in their career who may not have what it takes to get to, you know, the big 10 or the big 12 on the field, but, they can move up in replay. And right. so let's move into the replay booth earlier in your career versus waiting and spending 20, 25 years at division three and then thinking about it. So, so those are the things that we're looking to do. And, and like I said, the, the officiating coordinators are, are all, they understand that now. And we've really, we really started to branch out and look at, look at other ways to, to recruit replay officials. Right. Well, I'll send you an application. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you're perfect. You're, you're a candidate. <laughs> Great. I'll, I'll have my resume in your inbox before you know it. So, um, you're in Miami right now, right? For the Super Bowl. How's yeah. that? Is it exciting? How's the atmosphere? Uh, the atmosphere is great. It's, I think everything like the Super Bowl is, you know, there's, there's so much going on every, yeah, you know, so many moving parts. Super Bowl, there's so many moving parts and you've got all of the kind of the events and the parties and everything. And, and you kind of lose sight of the fact that there's a game on Sunday. And I think once, once we get closer to Sunday, um, that starts to sink in, but it's been great. It, the, the, um, we're, we're located here in South beach and, and it's just, it's a great environment. And I think, uh, everybody's excited for, uh, what I, what I think is going to be a great game on Sunday. Yeah. So you don't normally travel to games for your job. You're normally in LA and watching games. Is this a little bit different than to be there, but doing the same yeah. thing? Yeah. This is a little bit different because normally I'm in the studio. And so this is my first Super Bowl with, with Fox. And so it's been a learning experience for me. And, uh, and yeah, so I'll be, I'll be doing some stuff on the broadcast and probably working with, 
the pregame crew and, and, and helping them if there's any officiating issues. Um, but I'm just, yeah, excited to be a part of it. And it's always, you know, you, people, people always say, Oh, you're, you're so lucky to go to the Super Bowl, and and I've been to so many that sometimes you kind of lose sight of that. That right. how many people would love to be at the Super Bowl, and and so I kind of always take a step back and say, hey, this is this is pretty cool. It's pretty cool to be able to get to do this. Yeah, yeah, I I'm working on that myself as well. I feel so many people have reached out to me and been like, you're so lucky, and. You're like, well, I would have changed a lot of things, <laughs> but you have to try and yeah. keep it in perspective and be like, man, sometimes you take in what you have and you're like, wow, I really am. But, but then again, it's not always luck. You know, you worked your butt off to get there and it's something that you deserve. So trying to balance the, I guess I'm lucky, but I kind of earned my way here, yeah, you know? It. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's just, yeah, just keeping that, keeping that in mind. Yeah. So I, um, like to end all of my podcasts the last couple minutes asking some random questions. Mm-hmm, they're pretty sure. so they're just light lighthearted questions. So don't get too nervous. But okay, so I'm <laughs> gonna start with this one. Do you have an innie or an Audi belly button? Uh I have an innie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just had to check. <laughs> <laughs> what vegetable do you hate the most? Oh, that's a good one. I've I've gone full circle on vegetables. I growing up I hated cauliflower. Now um now like it's in everything apparently. Everything. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I don't know why I don't know my taste buds changed, but I'm like a cauliflower fanatic now. Do you um, do it in I all the ways as pizza crust and fried? Do you do all well, the forms? Well I don't want to get too far off topic, but I'm a <laughs> pizza crust, I'm a I'm a traditionalist. I the cauliflower pizza crust, I don't know if I can go there. Yeah. But it's I'm just coming around to my, my, uh, you know, people that put pineapple on pizza. I, I, I don't want to be a pizza snob, but it just doesn't feel like pizza. Yeah. To me. <laughs> That's so funny. I just had, there's this pizza place open close to my house and I just had, what did they call it? Like a deep dish Sicilian or something. And it was, uh-huh. it, it knocked it out of the park. I'll say that it yeah. was definitely not yeah. cauliflower crust. It's pretty good. 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 Um, okay. So what was the other one? Oh, what? was the first responsibility your parents gave you as a kid? Oh, first responsibility. Um, I was probably some, uh, you know, probably just like cleaning my room uh, and just making my bed in the morning. Like just not, not just rolling out of bed and just started my day and just making sure my parents were really good about just instilling that work ethic in me. And they both, um, you know, they both worked, um, you know, when I was, a, when I was a kid and, I know I had a paper route when I was young and, oh, and you they did. just, yeah. Oh yeah. It was always, I My probably had every, did. I probably had every job in the book, like worked in the supermarket and uh, restaurants and everything else. And, and they were, they were, that was a big thing for them just instilling that work ethic and, yeah. and from a, from a young age. Okay. So you don't have to do this next question, but can you name all 50 state capitals in the U S if you had to? Uh, no way. No, no, I, I could, no, I could probably, I could probably name maybe, I could do more than half, but I don't think I could name all. I could probably get to like 40. Yeah. It's funny. My friend and I, the other day, she said to me, cause I love football, obviously. Um, she said, can you name every, um, NFL team? I said, Oh, absolutely. Like no questions mm. asked for sure. 
But then when you don't have like a map in front of you, when you don't have just naming them off the top of your head, I got to 30 and I could not get the last two to save my life. Like I just blacked out apparently. Do you think you could do it? No. Yeah, I could, I could do it just because I could do it pretty easily and I could do it just I, the way I would approach it is just by, by division, start with the conference, start with the AFC and then go by division and just do the four teams in each division. Um, and that would, how I, that's how I would visualize it. But I'm, you know, that's been, that's been my job for so long, but I, I the, the, the state capital I would have, my nine-year-old might have a better chance of getting all 50 than I would. Yeah. All right. So the last one is, are you easily offended or are you the type of person that can kind of just let stuff roll off? I'm, a, I'm actually, I'm actually the opposite. Like there's very, there's very few things that offend me and, and, and I, I need to, I need to work on that a little bit better. Really? I, well, because nothing, nothing really offends me. Like I grew up just, my, my dad was just like a real needler and would always just, just kind of bust your chops and make fun of everyone. And, and that's how I am. And, and I think, and sometimes, but sometimes I think everybody needs to be like that. And <laughs> do, your kid, do you raise your kids like that now? Are you doing the same with them? And then you're like, well, I need to ease up. Yeah, no, I'm trying to be, you always try to be like a little bit, you know, just be a little bit better than, than for your kids. Yeah. And, and so I'm trying to make them understand that, you know, there are certain things that, that you just can't, that you have to um, you have to understand that not everybody everybody has a little different perspective on certain things and, and understanding you know the different perspectives and just right. exposing them to different types of people and but I'm like I'm very um, you know when I'm with my you know core group of friends there's really there's very little that that offends me yeah um, yeah I think that's a good trait though too I mean maybe to an extent but. I think that's a good trait too, to kind of just let things roll off and understand everyone's got their well, own yeah. opinion and you know, it is I think what it's it is. better than the other, it's better than the other way. Absolutely. I think some people are, some people are just waiting to be offended. Yep. And if you, if you, if you want to be offended, you'll be offended. Oh, you can something. absolutely, yeah. you'll, you'll find it. <laughs> you'll it's, find something to offend hard. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I can't live that way. I would be, it's too, too stressful. Yeah. Well, enjoy the Super Bowl. You've definitely earned your way there. It's been so fun watching you every Saturday and Sunday and you're doing a phenomenal job and thank you for, so much for coming. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And, uh, and yeah, good luck with the, with the podcast and any, anything I can do to help on the, on your, on your replay career. Let me know. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thanks so much, Dean. All right. Bye, Miller. Thanks for listening to Prior to the Snap, the Profiles of Football Pros podcast. Be sure to subscribe on all major platforms. 